Hello, you. It's me, Sarah Jane Crawford, and I'm so excited because you are listening to my brand spanking new vegan podcast series called The V Word. Basically, it's all about me chatting to a whole host of fascinating people who are totally breaking the old school stereotype of what it means to be vegan. And I cannot wait. But before I get into my latest episode, make sure you head to my vegan website. It's vapi.co.uk. When you're there, enter your email address and you will get more free vegan content. That's viappi.co.uk. In today's episode of The V Word, I chat to vegan YouTuber, the very fabulous Rachel Ammer. YouTuber, vegan cook, she's just sick. I had to get you on the podcast. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm good, man. I'm so happy that you asked me to do this. I know. When I saw your Instagram page, um, a friend of mine, Epi Vegan, Brett, who's also, you know, does loads. He's, you know, he's a vegan cook and a chef and, you know, he's got a great social media presence. He was like, you've got to speak to Rachel. She's so different. She's so cool. And when I looked at your Instagram, I was like, love her. You're dancing to tunes as you're like making food on your Instagram and you look great. And so, yeah, just tell me about your vegan journey. Yeah, I know, it's mad. Um, I went vegan about three or four years ago. It was kind of like impulse, immediate. I guess for like the last, the two years before I went vegan, I questioned people that I'd met about it and I didn't quite get it because in my home and my culture, like, you just eat chicken. Like, that's it. Like, that's normal. You're eating meat. I am lactose intolerant, so I haven't been eating dairy for, like, the last 10 years. And what is your cultural background when you touched on that, when you spoke about, you know, chicken and all the rest of it? Yeah, so my dad's side of the family is Caribbean, so they're from St. Lucia, and then my mum is a mix of Sierra Leone and Wales. So I've cool. had a really interesting household. Um, but, yeah, it was just normal to have Caribbean food and chicken <laughs> yeah. I wasn't like a red meat eater but I loved KFC that was my top guilty pleasure oh, I used to love KFC and it, it, I feel horrified that I used to like chow down on those chicken trust thighs me. trust me <laughs> so I, I just kind of um it's actually funny I was on a date and a guy was like oh have you seen these documentaries on Netflix and I was like no I haven't seen them and he's like oh it made me think about going vegan but I didn't do it and I was like I like documentaries let me watch them so I watched them and I, like, almost came to tears because it was just breaking my heart. When was the date? Three three or four years ago. Ah, OK. So you were on a date. Where were you having food on this date? We was at, um, what's that one that has the katsu curry, the vegan one now? Oh, you were at Wagamama's. And now they're killing it with the veganism. But obviously that's more of a recent thing. Yeah, exactly. So you were having, like, a chicken katsu curry or something? Yeah, just chicken noodles calm okay and then you were on this date and then this guy's and what was this guy like did he seem like he was a bit of a thinker or was he just like a normal lad who just suddenly said he'd stumbled across these food documentaries what was he like yeah i think he's like one of those open-minded guys that is starting to get into yoga starting to question spirituality just one of those kind of guys that was just open to, to new things and learning more and it just intrigued me because I'd, I'd thought about it, but I just didn't really get it. There was nothing clicking for me that I could connect with. So it wasn't until I saw the animals dying and how they were killed, all for my young chicken wing. I, it just seemed outrageous. I was literally furious, like immediate. That's it. I'm not eating meat, fish or dairy. I don't want any of it. What were the films that you saw that really got you thinking? Was it one thing, couple? 
The first one I watched was um, Cowspiracy. Mm-hmm. That was the first one. And then from there, you just go into Forks Over Knives and, and you just dig into the whole of documentaries that these amazing people have put together. Okay, so Cowspiracy, of course, is a bit more about the environment as well and kind mm. of blowing open the whole, you know, idea that we are sort of killing the ozone layer. Um, with our cattle farms and then obviously forks over knives is a bit more about you know people's health and talks about Mm. when meat and dairy is not in people's diets there's less sort of cancer heart disease etc when did you get onto any films that were about sort of like animal welfare and then you started thinking ah no i can't it was just any time i saw i remember i don't know what documentary it was because it was quite a few years ago but there was one in particular where i saw i'm just breaking the necks of of chickens um so emotionless and, and no empathy and it's just it's so robotic we just have dehumanized these animals and it it's just horrible and and the way they're treated what they're pumped with what everything that's growing on their bodies and all the abnormalities and the health problems and even just I remember once a girl said to me years ago I asked her why she's vegan and she said one of the reasons is our animals live this life in pain completely tortured its entire life and um, you're consuming that 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 pain and that torture and that fear, and that also it was just it just seemed like this really disgusting cycle that I'd found myself in just because of what the media, what the doctors, what your schooling has taught you your whole life, and suddenly it's like wow, I I didn't need to be a part of this this system that has gone crazy over the last fifteen ten years. It was just what was told to us. Let me get the hell out. <laughs> Wow. And was it, for me, it was a bit of an overnight thing. And for you, did you sort of literally go cold turkey? I hate that expression, but it's kind of ironic. I know, right? I, I was going <laughs> to say I went cold turkey, but that was the wrong one. <laughs> cold tofu. Right yeah, yeah, how did it go? It was funny, actually. It was really awkward because it was, um, I have a monopoly like at my friend's house with her family and her boyfriend. And um, she made a lamb roast. <laughs> And I decided, because I felt bad, because I just made this decision, I'm going to go vegan. And her mum had made me this big meal. That was my last. What did you say? You have a what at your friend's house? Monopoly night. Oh, Monopoly night. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you went around there for not. Yeah, because I thought you said. I thought, I thought you said I have a Monopoly, and I was thinking, okay, the game or a Monopoly of businesses. <laughs> like what? Okay, right. So you go around for Monopoly night, and then you were going to have this lamb, and you were like, nope. Yeah, that that was the last time. Uh, people ask me, oh, was it hard? Did you cut one thing at a time? And when my motivation was way too strong, it was I was just so, so angry and upset and so against it. There was no, like, oh, should I be doing this? Let me start bit by bit. There was no, like, people ask me if I relapse. And I'm just like, I, I'm not interested at all. I don't want to relapse. Like, I've chosen this path for yeah. a, a reason. There's no... I just feel like having cheese today and then not that that's wrong with other people but for me it's, it's just not like that I feel like I'm just not interested you can't make me eat fish meat or dairy and yeah. I get really really upset at, uh, if I'm at a restaurant and I have to quiz people because I get really paranoid that the food is con- contaminated because when I was lactose intolerant I had problems all the time with people giving restaurants giving me food and not really understanding what lactose is the amount of times i used to have to explain that mayonnaise is made from olive oil and eggs and not from 
milk and then using butter and then not thinking that's lactose. Like the amount of hiccups I've had being lactose intolerant as a vegan, I'm even more concerned. But obviously the times are changing now, so it's becoming so, so, so. But explain uh, lactose intolerant though. Because I always, I always think, since becoming vegan, I think it's really interesting because it surprises me the amount of people who don't necessarily know about other sort of dietary requirements. So, for example, they might go to me, oh, that's fine, so you're gluten-free. And I'm like, no. But then, but, but you know what, that, but I'm not mad at that because what I realise is, is that a lot of us are a little bit ignorant about, you know, what people can and can't eat. Forget the whole belief side of things. For me, I don't actually, just to be fair, I don't actually know that much about, you know, like if you're lactose intolerant. So does that just mean you can't have dairy and why? Like break down for me the yeah. whole thing about being lactose intolerant. Yeah, I'm totally down with all these allergies. My mum's been gluten intolerant for the last 20 years. My granddad's right. celiac and I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of understood. But for me, um, I just ate a lot. I had a phase where I ate a lot of cheese and I got really, really ill. I got tummy aches. Yeah. Um, my bowels stopped functioning and I had a lot of different health problems. I went to see doctors. I went to see specialists on Harley Street. They gave me laxatives. I had investigative oh. operations to figure out why I'm having all these blockages. Why is my body not functioning to its optimum? And no one had any answers for me. And my mum literally just said to me, Rachel, I think you're lactose intolerant. You smell a bit sour. <laughs> Thanks, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> you smell a bit sour, she said. Yeah, she said, you, just, you smell a bit sour. I, <laughs> I think you, you you can't digest lactose and it's sticking with you and it's coming out in your pores. Ah. She's always been very into nutrition and health and um, holistic healthcare. So this was her diagnosis. And she's like, I'm pretty certain. And so I cut out dairy and, and pretty much within two months of me saying no dairy, all these really horrible health effects that I had just literally started to disappear and it was just amazing <laughs> it's interesting isn't it that you say you went down Harley Street and obviously you know Harley Street is like the the medical mecca like the private sort of medical mecca of of London and therefore I guess the UK and they told yeah. you to you know certain specialists told you to have laxatives it's mad isn't it literally it, it was crazy and, and the joke was they gave me these like this was Harley Street they gave me the laxatives because I was in so much pain. My mum, because um, of my age, she was able to put me on some healthcare for her business. And uh, we went there and, and he said, you just need some laxatives. Took the laxatives. Wow. They didn't even work. <laughs> Do you know what? I think, I think, I think that there's so many people who are suffering with health I issues. Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, sometimes, obviously, you don't have money to be throwing at stuff, but like, you know, you can throw money at the problem or you can, you know, go through the NHS or you can speak to doctors. And I think so many times we miss the mark in terms of like offering people advice when really it can just be something as simple as what you are or not eating. Yeah. It's mad. And I've re I really feel so strongly about that these days, especially after cutting out sort of meat and dairy and becoming vegan. For me, it was like, I'd suffered with fibroids, had an operation to remove a massive fibroid that was the size of, you know, wow. like, you know, like a grapefruit. And then I'd had like wow. a breast lump removed and all these things. And I just thought, okay, and, and I'm not saying now that I'm going to be fine now I'm vegan. I just mean that for mm. me, I was like, okay, how can I reduce the amount of estrogen or like hormones in my diet? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all these inflammations that, that turn into yes. to these problems 
that's the other thing as well. It's about like having your body in, a, in an optimal state, which is like, you know, anti-inflamed, you know, alkaline and all those other things. But going back to you and your story. So, you know, you were on the road to sort of like health recovery instantly by sort of cutting out the dairy. Then you became vegan fully after you went on that date with that guy. Do you still see that guy, by the way? No. Oh, okay. But he, but he's part of this story. That's what's so he interesting. Is. And he it's has cool. no idea unless he's found me somehow. But <laughs> he has no idea. He probably has found you because you've got a really sick Instagram page. You look great. <laughs> so he's probably like, I remember that girl. And when she was sitting in front of me having the chicken noodle thing in America. But um, so tell me about your sort of like dreams for the future, you know, like, because for me, like the reason why I wanted to create this podcast was quite simply that I felt when I became vegan that... I had this idea that the stereotypical vegan was like white middle class. I don't know why I thought that. I just thought that that was the only people that maybe cared about animal welfare because that's, you know, I just had that in my head. And it was only when JME, you know, from Boy Better Know, came on my show on One Extra and told me about how he was vegan and all the rest of it. And I just thought, these grind boys are interested in animal welfare. This is so mad. So how do you feel about the sort of, you know, the world of veganism and how you fit into that? Because you, you touched on obviously coming from a, a West Indian background. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's why I, I started YouTube, really, because I didn't go vegan, go YouTube. I was vegan for a year or so before I decided I was going to do the YouTube. And the only real reason I did it, other than me making all this food and love making food, is I didn't see anyone kind of sharing these recipes that I could relate to or that I could familiarize myself with. And what, so like women I, of color, you mean, for example, yeah. or making certain dishes, yeah? And, and, and the age and a lot of people also I felt like were in America which is great and Canada but there wasn't really in my opinion at the time anyone in the UK that I could just like I could relate to I could see myself in or I could just get or be like oh that could be me oh that person's making the recipes they fit into my lifestyle or, or the cultures I've been around and because none of my friends are vegan and, and none of my family and people were asking me like Rachel like what are you eating you like you've gone from that, eating like harigo mm. and oxtail and and your salmon and, and all these things and now you're not and all my friends and all my family are still eating that and you just couldn't understand it and I was like I'm just gonna I'm gonna go online and I'm gonna share them so all my friends all my family and hopefully more people uh, will be able to see the recipes take inspiration and maybe they'll start their vegan journey and have someone to kind of go to for help and the thing is as well as like if you're gonna do the youtube just be you <laughs> that's a, yeah you which is like why dancing has now become this vegan thing because i just i was just having fun and i was just when i cook i listen to music music's a huge influence in my life and um, now it's become this thing like dancing and cooking. But I love that. This is why I loved you. I was like, there's this young, good-looking woman of colour who is dancing, skanking out to tunes, making <laughs> vegan dishes. I was like, I found my soul sister. <laughs> I've got to get her on the podcast. Oh. Like, the food isn't bland. Like, it's the whole like experience around the food. I feel like veganism before or now or the recent time and how much it's been grown it, it just seems so bland the idea of it mm. seems boring bland. yes i think that's the key thing i think it's a little bit like i know it's 
I don't know if it's a bit controversial to say this and, and slightly off topic, but obviously linking to what we're saying. Sometimes when people talk about church, you know, they maybe need to find a certain church that resonates with them, like right, that's exactly. fun or that the, you know, that the, the person giving the message is a bit like them or it resonates with them. It's a bit like that. Sometimes you can have this preconceived idea that something that you're interested in or, or wanting to, to get into is going to be a bit dry, basically. And sometimes yeah. you just need to find something that is, that resonates with you and that is like you. And it's great that you're, you know, I believe like a pioneer for a new face of veganism, which is really, really important. <laughs> no, it's true. And, you know, like before I leave you, we'll, we'll sort of like make sure that everybody knows your YouTube and your Instagram and everything. But you just did something with BBC Radio 4, didn't you? Tell me about that. Yeah, that was amazing. So I've, there's obviously a lot of stories that I've wanted to tell with veganism. And especially in the Caribbean, I always found it so interesting that despite everyone knowing about Rastafarianism, when I talk to my Caribbean friends, they are so, like, often just so confused on how you eat and just plant. Yeah, because the ITAL diet in the Rastafarian diet is essentially vegan, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I was just like... And, and also, people always kind of... Older generations would kind of be like me or kind of older aunties or, or an African and Caribbean. They would just go, oh, like, laugh at me and say it's a fad. Like, funnily laugh, like, not... And, and it's not a bad like. <laughs> funnily laugh that reminds me of my family at <laughs> Christmas time they're like Chuckle. listen Sarah <laughs> my mum took me to one side she's like listen Sarah I know you're vegan yeah but can Christmas day can you not lecture everyone I was like I'm not going to lecture everyone I'm, la- I'm there laughing but but they kind of love it and then they'll message me and be like oh you know making this nut roast or but I know what you mean it's just like yeah. it's what you've come from and, and so tell me yeah sorry I interrupted you so tell me more about what you touched on with the because it was for the so, so BBC Radio 4 they have a food program is that right yeah this really really prestigious food program amazing and, um, so I worked with them so we there's so much to be told but we basically wanted to just look at veganism and look at the meat alternatives and just what is the history behind them because I feel like there's a lot of assumption that these are, are new things new ways of living but really there's a lot of background the top, um, behind it this is us now going back to how we used to go with using meat alternatives like like tofu, tempeh, or even how old corn was. I spoke to the CEO of corn, and we just wow. got like a real foundation on how we was eating meat replacements to be healthier in times where we weren't able to have meat. Because I feel like now meat is so accessible, meat is so overproduced and oversold that um, we forget that. It never used to be that way. Meat was more of a, on Sunday when your whole family is coming over and you want to celebrate and you want to spend more money and you want to buy meat and you're going to feed everyone with meat. Whereas now it's like you have meat for lunch and dinner. And that's normal in these Western societies. And that's not how it was before. So, yeah, we basically got, we went to Chinatown and spoke to um, someone at this huge oriental supermarket who told us, gave us a really good background on buddhist monks and tofu and tempeh and stuff like that we spoke to restafarian we um spoke to nutritionists to kind of get an understanding about soy and 
because there are there is that kind of back and forth. Do you eat soy? Do you not eat soy? So I know, yeah. Perspective. I don't actually eat soy. Which what? People ask me about all the time. <laughs> when you when you did get a bit of perspective, I just I love. I'm so geeking out on everything you're telling me now. I love that you did this investigative stuff um, on meat alternatives, and I love that you've kind of like you know like shone a light on the whole idea that meat is this you know was considered to be expensive, and now we're just eating it left, right, and centre. It's almost like the cheap thing to eat, and veganism is seen as expensive. That's what's weird. But, um, right. yeah, backwards, all our dairy is subsidized by the government, yeah, so that's why it's so cheap. When really, we should be subsidizing all the vegetables and the food that is actually good for our bodies. Oh, but amen. That's another topic, isn't it? Amen. <laughs> but what I was going to ask you was, um, where do you stand on soy? Because Sometimes, you know what, it's so funny, like, I, I'm a bit of a geek, probably like you, and I love to research stuff and, and love to get to the bottom of things. And sometimes I'll, and I'll be like, especially when I'm talking about how I became vegan because I was worried about hormone levels in my body and stuff like that. And obviously, mm. people talk about soy as being an issue yeah. in terms of estrogen. So every so often I'll research it and then I feel like there's nothing conclusive on it. And it's even so silly, I'll be standing in a Starbucks and I'll say... Oh, and they'll be like, oh, we've got coconut and oat milk. And then I'll be like, but I know that soy, this will make the latte a bit nice. I have soy. And then in my head, I still think, oh, I've had one soy this week. Is that all right? But then I know it's better ultimately than me having meat. But where do you stand on it all? Yeah, I find it really hard because when I've done my research, it's, there's so much contradiction in what you find. And I just, I just stick now to what feels right and what doesn't feel right in my body. I've had experiences where I've had soy. And I feel like my body has given me signs that soy isn't the best for me. And I'm just going to take those on the chin and just avoid soy. That's kind of my approach to it. So listening to your body, basically? A hundred percent. Because um, I think maybe soy, I know people that do consume soy and they have no problems. They don't report any problems. People have reported health benefits from having soy, um, even with breast cancer and things like that. But if I'm eating something and I suddenly have some kinds of reactions, maybe I'm allergic to soy, maybe my body doesn't like soy, who knows, but I'm just going to listen to what it's told me and just avoid it. I don't need it. it does, I don't need it in my yeah. diet, so let me just leave think, that one out. I think that is the key to a lot of this, isn't it, is just listening to your body. And if I think yeah. if we were honest when we listen, we would, you know, many of us, especially before the whole vegan movement and, and the transition transition that we've made, we would have known a long time ago if we were just listening yeah. to how, like you with the whole being lactose intolerant and not knowing, yeah. it's like listening to your body. Well, um, do you know what? I wish we could speak for hours and hours and hours, but this has just been such a great introduction to who you are and, you know, getting to know you more. And, you know, before we leave each other, can you tell me or tell people listening what your YouTube address is, Instagram? And they can listen back, can't they, to the Radio 4 on the BBC iPlayer? Yeah, that's, that's on um, BBC 4, on the iPlayer. Um, it's called the Meat Free Meat Movement on BBC Four Radio. It's mm-hmm. on the iPlayer. You can stream it. Really, really interesting. Really good characters to listen to. And you can find me on Instagram at Rachel Ama R A C H E L A M A, and then a little underscore. And if you put my name in YouTube, Rachel Ama, I should come up. I think I'm the only Rachel Ama on YouTube currently so yeah <laughs> go on rachel well, listen do you know what <laughs> best of luck with everything let's catch up soon no 100 
Thanks so much for listening. That concludes an episode of The V Word with me, Sarah Jane Crawford. Make sure you subscribe and make sure that you tune in for the next episode. And don't forget to head to my vegan website, viappi.co.uk. That's V-I-A-P-P-I.co.uk and leave your email address for loads of free vegan content for the rest of the year. I'll see you soon.